Welcome to Illuminating Health, the UCSF School of Nursing's podcast that sheds light on health and healthcare issues affecting our daily lives. My name is Mark Tungle, and I am currently a student in the adult gerontology clinical nurse specialist specialty. Today, I'm joined by Professor Laura Wagner and PhD in nursing candidate, Christina Kenny. Thank you, Mark, for inviting us. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Yeah, happy to have you, and thanks for for joining us. At the UCSF School of Nursing, about 40% of our students identify as first generation, meaning they are the first in their families to graduate from college with a bachelor's degree. Uh, to start us off, Christina, you are a first-gen college graduate and a PhD candidate at our school. Can you talk about what it's like to be a first-gen student? As a first-gen student, my journey has been uh, a very long one. Um, I've actually been a registered nurse for 20 years, and there have been, been many start and stops in that journey. Um, it took me quite some time uh, to obtain my bachelor's degree in nursing, and um, I only recently completed my master's degree through at UCSF uh, through the master's, the MS Hale program, which is the healthcare administration and leadership uh, degree, and then decided to go on to pursue my doctoral studies. Um, overwhelmingly, it's been a, a wonderful and positive journey. However, it's been met with challenges. Um, I feel like, you know, the, the faculty and the students and the staff at UCSF in particular have been incredibly supportive. But I would say from more of a personal standpoint, um, it's sometimes been, been a little bit challenging, mainly because in the family, I was the first to graduate from college, to attend college, and then go on to pursue higher education beyond undergrad. And so in many ways, I've, you could consider me the trailblazer in the family and that I've really been exploring new territory. So many of the, many of the barriers or challenges that come up aren't necessarily well understood by you know, the immediate family or my extended, extended family. And so... Um, you know, it's it's been a unique experience and definitely one that's been spread over 20 years. I wanted to ask the same question to Professor Wagner as uh, she's also a first-gen graduate as well. And I'm curious, uh, Professor Wagner, what are some of the additional challenges and opportunities that first-gen students might face? Thanks, Mark. I think Christina really identified some of the some of the challenges um, just around the identification. And I actually want to reframe uh, this identification as a challenge and have it said more as a strength. Um, this is a very strength-based uh, program that we have at UCSF. And thinking about what are the strengths that the students, first-gen students bring, um, and also framing it within challenges. Um, there's certainly, you know, as Christina mentioned, family. Um, issues that come up where family may not understand um, what the what the experience is like. Uh, students in this situation uh, may work more. Uh, they may be faced with uh, competing priorities uh, that may help them build resilience. So that's thinking about it from a strength-based perspective, um, bringing 
bringing in resilience is a really important word. And, and another word that we use is grit. Um, and the other the other thing that comes up for me is financial. And we'll talk about that later, I think, um, as we get into this conversation. Just uh, students, uh, they have to work more. Um, they might need more financial aid. And again, I think all of these, what you might call challenges, um, is, is, is building a, a, a wonderful character of a future healthcare provider that um, can help take care better take care of our patients is what I might argue. All these experiences together have kind of built the path um, that we're walking forward towards. And so I know Professor Wagner, you founded First Gen RN at UCSF, and it's the first program of its kind in the nation, which is awesome. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about the program and why you created it? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I'm really proud of uh, the efforts that I helped to be the founder of this program. I came here to UCSF as an assistant professor in 2012. And at that time, uh, uh, my personal and my professional life really collided. Um, I had just read a book called um, Unequal Childhoods. It's by Annette LaRue. And it's around children who grew up in both working class families and middle class families. And I grew up in a, a poor working class family. And just uh, the trajectory of lives of children, even you know, in their teens or preteen years and how they end up later as adults. And so I had just read that book. And um, I also read a statistic at the time that said that first generation people who go to college and graduate first generation students have like less than 10% chance of graduating from college. And that statistic has really stuck with me because I, I was one of those 10%. And uh, I had, you know, my failure rate of, of being successful in college was really high and I hadn't realized it until then. So it was like this big moment for me. And then when I came here at UCSF in 2012, it was the very first year that the University of California system started to collect data, admissions data from our students um, on what their parents' highest level of education was. So parent one and parent two, and, and there's a Department of Education um, definition that uh, students whose either parent has a bachelor's degree or higher is um, not a first generation student. And so I started to identify with this, this role as being a first-gen student because neither of my parents had a college degree. And at that time, only 20, less than 25% of students in the School of Nursing, um, because of that data that, that the university was collecting, and it really we were really the first in the nation to start collecting that data. So I'm especially proud of, of the UC system for doing that. Um, and so I started to collect the data through the admissions office. I wrote a publication. Um, I was sit in faculty meetings and hear faculty talk about first gen students, and I, you know, felt triggered by some of the conversations. And I think the thing, the moment that it really hit me was I was on our doctoral screening committee, the, the committee that Christina would have gone through for her application. And that year that I sat on that committee, there were six students that applied, six students that applied that were first generation students, and four of those six students were rejected. And it hit home to me that I said, you know, I could have been one of those four students that were rejected. And um, so that happened. And at the same time, students started coming to me asking for help. Um, they would come. It was like we met off campus behind closed doors. And it was like this secretive uh, process um, that I was helping students outside of my program. They, they heard I was a, a caring soul and kind of could understand their experiences. Um, so I created the program through some pilot funds. And um, it's it's just been really wonderful to see where it's it's gone since then. Yeah, absolutely. And what a journey you've gone through in order to make first gen 
are and what it is. And so, um, Christina, from my understanding, I believe you have been active with First Gen RN as a student in the School of Nursing. How has the program impacted you personally and professionally? Thanks, Mark, for the question. I mean, first, I just want to say, you know, thank you, Laura, for sharing some of the background and the context of how the program started. I, I did not know all of that, but I, I feel like it definitely aligns with some of the experiences that I've had. And, you know, I know that that failure rate tends to be typically high, mainly because of, you know, um, competing priorities, uh, financial obligations, and sometimes there's even a cultural aspect where education is not necessarily put at the forefront of um, the family. And it, it tends to unfortunately be families where, you know, where many of us are first gen and it's just, um, you know, kind of listening about what everything that you've done at UCSF is just really inspiring. And I think it's been really critical to helping me to move forward. I'm at the tail end of my PhD and it's arguably the hardest time. And so, um, you know, naturally I tend to get pretty emotional because it's such a personal experience um, at this point. And so programs such as the one that Laura has really spearheaded has really um, been critical to helping um, some of us first-gen students continue to move forward. Um, but on another note, yes, I have been active with the First Gen RN program. Um, I joined the program early on in my first two years, and uh, I joined by meeting with Laura. We had monthly meetings with a peer-to-peer -peer support group, um, and there were also quite a few practical um, discussions that occur, and we talked a lot about resilience and grit and stress, and of course, there were topics around um, fi the financial components as well. Um, and then in addition to this, I've joined, uh, the UCSF now has a first-gen type of program as well. So I feel like I've been really well supported these last four years, but definitely it's been critical uh, for me to be involved and connected with Laura and Laura's team those first few years when, you know, sort of the landscape of the PhD program was such a such a new um, experience for me and definitely one that my family had no idea about. And so my only source of support was really um, my mentors and my peers and and the folks within the First Gen program. Thank you, Christina, for sharing that. And yeah, First Gen is obviously so important for many students and their education. And um, Laura, I'm actually curious, um, in the past, in your past experiences, would you be able to share more about some of the differences that First Gen has been able to make for students that you have seen? Every student comes with a different experience. So I can't generalize um, the experience because every student has their own story to tell. And I think some of the work that I've been doing has been through storytelling, um, you know, such as what Christina has to say or other students. Um, this summer, I helped a student graduate who had been here for a very long time. And uh, that student had had a lot of starts and stops into the program. The pandemic certainly didn't help and was at the very tail end of the program and was not even a student of mine, was in a completely different program. And I had reached out to the student and who was in my class and tried to help with the, the final uh, project that students need to do to, to graduate from UCSF. And in meeting with the student, um, I find that the student has a lot of challenges at home um, and it, the student felt very vulnerable sh opening up to me about that. And 
I met with a student several times and walked them through their completion and come to find out the student sometimes was living in, in their car. I could notice it on, uh, you know, that one arm was tanned more than the other. Um, and so, you know, part of my role was to provide anticipatory support. Um, I, I helped to, you know, get, get the student food every time we met. Um, and so in the end, um, the student had to complete the project and I, I just walked the th student through step-by-step step and, and I'm not sure that uh, a faculty member that hadn't maybe gone through similar experiences such as that student or myself um, would have known how to, how to, you know, go through that in, in the way that it, it, it laid out. So, um, you know, as I said at the beginning, part of this, this journey has been around faculty development and, and helping, you know, my more privileged colleagues uh, among the faculty to understand uh, what the roles of first gen students are. Um, another, another area that, that I can share is uh, just scholarship support, just working with the financial aid office, I think has been another area that has made a difference. Uh, we have DACA students here in our School of Nursing, and they are an incredible um, part of our workforce, and we need to support them as much as possible. So this past year, I was able to support a few of those students to be able to graduate uh, through our program, and they're going to be amazing healthcare providers, and um, I'm really proud of the work that they do. Question for both of you, and I was wondering, uh, why is it important to have first-gen healthcare professionals engaged in proven healthcare? And uh, I guess I'll start with Christina first, and then uh, we'll we'll hear Laura's take after. Sure. Thank you, Mark. You know, I think first and foremost, the first-gen, the first-gen uh, registered nurses. I think we often represent the very patients that we serve, and. You know, I think that when you're whether you're providing frontline care or research or you're involved in the policy setting, I think oftentimes the first gen students are exactly what our who our patients would like to see and connect with because we oftentimes find that we share similar backgrounds and there's just a level of connection there. So I think it's critical, you know, that our that we continue recruitment efforts and we think about um, not only sort of the strength-based resilience type of support systems, but also the financial component so that we sort of open the, open the door to allowing more students um, who may not have otherwise, um, otherwise considered healthcare nursing in general um, as a profession. And, you know, I, for many years, I actually, in my previous with my previous employer, we would um, sort of host career fairs. And most of the students, you know, were from sort of low income, would have been considered first gen for sure um, in their families. And the level of anxiety and fear and, you know, something that I also share, you know, sort of this feeling of like almost imposter syndrome, like, do I belong there? Can I make it in this profession? You know, no one else in my family is doing what I'm doing. You know, you would really very much see that when you would speak to the high school students. Um, and that was something that really resonated with me because, you know, I had been there, I'd done that, I understand what it's like. And I think it's really important that we provide sort of this encouragement and support early on so that we can help more um, bring in more first-gen clinicians, especially nurses, you know, into the workforce, because I think we, 
we're caring for patients that are very similar to us. And I think our patients really appreciate having us there at the bedside, or again, like, as I said, in, in the research world or in the community setting. Totally. And yeah, representation definitely matters. And Laura, what, what is your take on that? I couldn't have said it any better than Christina, really. Um, I, I'm going to quote Elise Alderson. She's our assistant uh, vice chancellor for student life here at UCSF. We were once in one of these monthly meetings and she said, you know, when you walk into a patient's room, you can connect better than any of your colleagues can. And I'll never forget her saying that. And it's kind of kind of along the same lines as what uh, Christina says is that we can connect with our patients um, in a way that that our more privileged colleagues cannot, and um, we understand their struggles. And this this is all about um, you know this is an invisible identity. You can't look at someone and say they're first gen. Um, and so, uh, hearing again the stories of students who have experienced this and 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 live through this. And Christina mentioned imposter syndrome. It's such an important term that comes up. Um, among us every day, um, we we have these feelings of imposter syndrome. Um, I think to to also answer your question, Mark, these life experiences, um, there you know, there's research to support this among for healthcare providers. Is we have research to support that um, when there's this this concordance of care. So when we have a provider who speaks the same language, is from the same neighborhood came from the same background, is from the same culture, from the same social class. We have research to support that this concordant care um, results in better health outcomes and better patient satisfaction. And so part of the work you know, that we do here at UCSF is really increasing the diversity of our, our student body to help with that pipeline so that we can um, really mirror the population that we're serving. And I think, um, it, it, having more support for first-gen students is all about elevating the social capital of our workforce. And um, I'm just continually proud of the work that we're doing here. Absolutely. Thank you, Laura, for sharing that. And um, the first-gen program has become a model for supporting nursing students from diverse backgrounds, as you had mentioned, across the U.S. Um, Professor Wagner, can you tell us more about the national impact that this program has had? Yeah, this has been really exciting for me. Um, I had no idea starting it at UCSF that uh, that it would it would get as big as it has, and I, I want it to get bigger. Actually, I want I want every school of nursing and out there to have this invisible identity identified at their school. Um, the the program was initially developed here at UCSF. It then I then rolled it out through some uh, funding through the California Wellness Foundation across four schools of nursing in the Bay Area. Um, and then two years ago, I got funding from um, the Health Resources Services Administration. It's fun funded by the government um, to implement the program at Hartnell College. It's a community college down in Salinas, uh, where most of the students there are children of farm workers. Uh, so that's that was a really exciting experience for me. I went out one day in the strawberry fields and we did a photo shoot with one of my students. Uh, and I met her mother and her her uncle, who were both farm workers. Um, and so she's that student. Her name is Nancy. She's going to go back and take care of her community um, when she when she's working. Um, I've also consulted with uh, schools of nursing in Hawaii and uh, Kentucky. Kentucky is actually um, the largest exporter of nurses, uh, of their own nurses. And so they're doing a lot of work in the Commonwealth of Kentucky to try and uh, increase the workforce, uh, nursing workforce there. And I've done a number of um, blog posts and um, articles uh, nationally through Sigma Theta Tau, um, our camp, the nursing campaign for action. 
and I'm also represented on the NASPA. It's the um, Association for Higher Education Professionals, and we, there's a Center for First Generation Student Success uh, that is now through that organization, and UCSF was an inaugural institution, uh, first forward institution, and so we're really proud of that um, designation, um, and now the, the um, the organization uh, has a journal called um, Journal for First Generation Student Success, and I'm on an editorial board of that. So that's really exciting. Uh, we'll see where where this all lands in the end. Yeah, super exciting work. And you know, as a clinical nurse specialist student, I am I look up to people like yourself to have an impact on not only my own community but the more broader community in the nation. And the way that you've been able to do that with first gen RN um, is amazing. So I wanna commend you on that. And so um, I guess as a follow-up, uh, and this is a question for both of you, how can academic institutions, faculty and staff best support first gen students? And I guess we'll start with Christina first. Great, thank you, Mark. Well, I think that there, um, there are many ways and I've actually given this quite a bit of thought. Um, but just, you know, just to, to give you a sense, you know, unfortunately, it really wasn't until, you know, I entered my PhD journey that there was really that, that strong support uh, for supporting a first-gen student. If you can believe that, there really, there was absolutely nothing in the undergrad um, arena, and there was some. Uh, in the master's program, but it wasn't really until my PhD that I really started to understand, you know, what a true mentoring re mentoring relationship looked like both professionally and personally. And so the first thing that I would say is I would consider increasing funding and allowing there to be an infrastructure in place for a strong expanded mentorship program. Um, the second thing that I would um, encourage academic institutions and faculty and staff to think about is creative ways to put together some sort of a peer-to-peer -peer support group. Um, the third thing I would suggest, networking is everything. And I think really connecting first-gen students as they're going through the educational experience with potential employers or career opportunities is, is also very important because most first-gen students just do not get that exposure. And it's really challenging to make those connections if you're not necessarily coming from uh, a different type of maybe more privileged background. Um, the next thing that I would suggest, and Laura has discussed this multiple times, but financial support is absolutely critical. Many of us ha have needed to start and stop um, our educational journey many times because we were supporting families and the extended family. And it was just very hard um, to continue on with school and to have to continue to work, you know, almost full time. Um, and then the last thing that I would say is really important to consider is sort of this idea of engaging the family members in trying to understand what that educational experience might look like for the student. Um, you know, there are models like this for police officers and firefighters, 
where they bring the family in. There's a series of training offered. They get to kind of understand what does a day in a life look like of a police officer or a fireman. Um, but we don't have that for, for nurses or clinicians necessarily. And I think it, you know, the experience is not just necessarily the student, the first gen student, it's also very new to the family as well. And so I think by creating programs, creating innovative types of programs to engage family members and trying to understand how to support their first-gen student, I think that's actually something that we should really start to think about, um, you know, as we move forward. Yes, and I, I couldn't agree more with that. And Professor Wagner, what about you? Well, I think Christina made some excellent points around the mentoring, um, so I won't go into that much much further, but mentoring definitely is um, a key part of this. Uh, our campus has a mentoring program that they organize for first-gen students across campus and connecting them with mentors. I would also say for faculty, um, getting to know your students. Um, you know, I meet, I meet with my students off campus. I meet at a coffee shop. I've I've been to some of their homes, I meet their families, you know, whatever, I meet them where they are at and um, what's most comfortable for them. Uh, campus can be a scary place for students sometimes. And so um, you're finding that safe space. I'd also add, Mark, you mentioned, uh, you know, how, how can institutions, faculty and staff support first-gen students? I would also add alumni to that list. Um, our alumni are um, an extraordinary community. And I am so proud of our alumni, especially our first gen alumni. And with that in mind, alumni can be mentors, they can be preceptors, um, but they can also give back. And, um, you know, I was a scholarship recipient at um, the three schools of nursing that I went to. I would have never been able to go to the schools that I went to if it hadn't been for scholarship support. And so every year, at, at, you know, the holiday time, I send my schools a donation. And I've been doing that ever since I graduated from nursing school. And so I would encourage, uh, you know, the alumni out there listening to this to please continue to support the school and support our students and support uh, scholarships for our students so that uh, students can attend UCSF and get the support that they need. I'd also mention that writing um, tends to be an area that students need significant support on. Um, so um, we, we do have some writing support here on campus, so we certainly need more. And then um, finally, um, actually two other things. One is around food security. We have some students who are food insecure. And so our campus has a, a food bank that's available for our students. And I know a lot of um, California actually does a really wonderful job um, for our students who are in colleges and universities, um, providing uh, you know, uh, food supports either through CalFresh or through the local food bank so that our students, um, you know, can have healthy meals. Um, and then finally, I would say that um, one area that I have um, done some work in with my first gen students is, you know, nurses make a really good salary when, when we graduate and um, being able to budget that um, and know how to spend your money wisely, know how to save your money, um, know how to invest your money. Um, and I think that's just something that, you know, some of us might not have gotten those lessons growing up in, in whatever type of family situation uh, that we grew up in. So I, I've done some budgeting classes with students um, just to help them understand what it means um, to, to, you know, have a really good um, income and be able to save it and, um, you know, think about your future. Thank you, Professor Wagner. And yes, um, both of you have touched on a lot of points and make really good recommendations on how these institutions should be moving forward with their first-gen students. 
Um, and I hope whoever's listening um, to really takes that in so other first-gen students um, can follow suit. And so uh, for both of you, I want to ask, what is your advice to a first-gen student in nursing? I would say, first and foremost, you know, don't give up. Nursing can be very, very challenging um, when you're, you know, you're going, whether you're going through an undergrad program or you're entering through a master's program or you're finishing up a terminal degree, um, I would say don't give up. You can absolutely do this. And sometimes it's one foot in front of the other and it's staring yourself down in the mirror and saying, yes, I, I can do this. I will do this. Um, I think Another important piece of advice is to get connected early and often with faculty, find professional and personal mentors, and also get connected with a good, strong peer-to-peer -peer support group. Many of the nurses that you go to school with will end up being your lifelong friends. I still, I speak to my best friend from my undergrad nursing school and it's been 20 years. We speak every single day. Thanks. And uh, you, Professor Wagner? Some advice would be to go to my website, uh, firstgenrn.ucsf.edu. All the materials, you know, take take what you want from it. Um, all the materials are there for you to use. So feel free to contact me, uh, laura.wagner at ucsf.edu if you want to talk further. Um, finally, I would just say that, um, you know, I live with this uh, invisible identity every day as a nurse, um, including what Christina mentioned about the feelings of imposter syndrome. So, uh, you know, one piece of advice is you're once I say once first gen, always first gen, um, you will always live with this identity. Um, and, um, I just want you to know that it's normal to feel that way. And, um, you know, as Christina mentioned, make sure you have that support system out there. It's so critical to help you get through those days when you feel like you need it. Great. Thank you both for, for sharing that. And yes, imposter syndrome, don't let it happen. Don't let it waste any mental capacity. And I absolutely agree with that. Thank you both for being on our first episode of Illuminating Health at the School of Nursing. And for everyone who's listening, see, see you next time. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. 